Hi, welcome to the Witching Hour. I am Patty Negri, psychic, medium, and good witch, and your host for this hour journeys into the other worlds. I have a really, really great guest for you today, the glam witch himself, Michael Herkus. Yes, this week is going to be all about love. He's got a brand new book out called Love Spells for the Modern Witch. Even in my lesson for the week, we're going to do a little bit of love tips ourselves, because whether you're in a relationship or not, everybody needs a little love. So if you are listening to this, when we first drop on the week of the 19th, July 19th, I've got a really great week for you ahead. My Thursday 10 magic class I'm teaching simple tarot now whether you're an old tarot pro or you've never picked up tarot cards I have these almost simple hack ways how to read them by the book and how to read them intuitively without the book how you throw it all together and then you can simply start working with the tarot and getting really good clear messages off them so that is Thursday that is through house of intuition and it is um ten dollars just ten dollars for this really great class all on zoom so you can be anywhere. I am not doing a weekend um, haunted diary class this weekend because I'm going to be in Scottsdale, Arizona. Um, any of you Ghost Adventures fans out there, I will be at the haunting in Scottsdale house. Yes, the one where the killer pigs javelinas almost ate me, not on camera. Where the Scorpios wanted to get me, not on camera. And the, <laughs> the valley fever blew through. But I'm going to be there with Justin Spurrier, also from Ghost Adventures, their equipment tech. And so we're going to be doing live streams for two nights, the 26th and the 27th, and you guys can tune in in real time. That is on the Spirit Realm Network. I'm going to be posting it on all my social media. So look at the Spirit Realm Network. So that'll be really fun. As far as on-screen stuff, um, the TFIL, my Elton Castille and the TFIL guys our Queen Mary just dropped. The first episode just came out this past weekend where they were getting the tour of the boat, so I should be in in the next two weekends everything we did there. So again, the entire Queen Mary with eight people on the ship and full access. It was amazing. So that's just going up on YouTube. Also, we have a new Ghost Adventures coming up here in the Hollywood Hills. I think that's Thursday, August 5th. That will drop on Discovery Plus. So lots of things to do. All righty, here is our favorite time of the day, the Willow Update. Yes, she is a full four months old now. Yes, 16 weeks. She starts puppy school next week, so she's actually going to learn to sit and stay and come, which is really important. But I must say, she I was filming a TV show just yesterday at the house, my first one since having Willow. I must say I was more than a little worried about having a four-month-old puppy there with an entire crew. She was perfect. She just kind of knew that all that almost 20 people were there just to completely worship and adore her. So I have photos, which I may post not showing what show it is, of her telling the cameraman where to put the camera, making sure craft service was set up in the right area, the COVID officer, the nurse in the back for the COVID testing. Willow ran everything. Um, so I must say for this little girl who I still take pride and I had her four days before I got her on Getty Images. Now uh, at four months, she's been on her first set. She wasn't on camera yet, but by next time she will be ready. And she just ate my earplug. She will be ready for her close up. And she's teething, can you tell? <laughs> 
since I'm not going to surpass Michael's beautiful entire book of love spells, I'm just going to give you some of my love tips. I do teach a class. Actually, I teach a class with my beautiful 83-year young friend, Merle Singer, and it's called The Magic and Science of Love. We actually are going to do one in August, I think. It is a three-week course where I'm doing magic and spell working, and she's doing positive psychology. And from people who, like, I could never meet the right one, I always pick the wrong girl or the wrong guy, or there's nobody out there. We've gotten weddings, we've got engagements, we've got and loves of our life. So we have this little magic breakthrough thing. So I'm just going to give you some of our tips from that. Number one, if you are looking for love, make sure you have room for love in your life. So many people that we work with, it's like they're busy from morning till night. Look around your house. Look around your apartment. Is there room for somebody in it? Go into your bedroom. Is it somebody you want, whether you bring them home or not, is it clean or clear to, is a room to bring somebody home if you so choose it? Room in your closets, room in your drawers. They have proven that you have to have room for something because it's showing you if there's room in your head as well as anything else. So love begets love. Make sure there's space, make sure there's time and make sure that everywhere you go, eyes and heart open, you really, really might meet the love of your life in the produce dissection of the grocery store. It happens all the time. But if you go in with laser vision and I need the lettuce and you get out of there, you might miss them or you might miss her. So make sure everywhere you go that you are open and we are getting out again and we still get to go to the grocery store no matter what. And I can't tell you how many great relationships have been done in the produce department. Take my word for it. Also, be romantic with yourself. Be romantic. Um, even if you're at home eating by yourself and you're eating sitting there with a lean cuisine, light a candle. Light a candle. It's showing the universe, I want love. It's showing the universe, I'm going to be romantic. Take care of yourselves. Nice bubble bath. Drop some rose petals in it. Buy yourself flowers. Love begats love begats love. You know how I feel about moon cycles. Moons are love. Moons are romance. The my thing that the entire moon cycle, do an entire moon cycle on love. You know, on that full moon, get out there, tell the universe, tell the moon, tell the God, tell the gods what you want. And then that two weeks of the waning moon, get rid of everything that's in your way, your thought patterns. Oh, I'm too old. I'm too fat. I'm not good enough. Oh, wait, there's no straight men in my town. Bop, bop, bop. Every day, let go of that. On the new moon, do a little thought for yourself. What do I want now? Maybe not what did your mom want for you? Not what did you even want last, last month? And then that next two weeks of the waxing moon, as it's getting bigger, add into your life. Again, more time for yourself, more love for your friends, more laughter, more joy. The happier you are with yourself is what's going to call in love. You can't wait for somebody else to make you happy. You find you're happy and then you find somebody to share it with. Because guess what? Nobody else is going to make you happy. You have to make you happy. And then you're going to draw them in like flies. I guess that's a bad analogy. Forget the flies. You're going to draw them in like open doors everywhere. But don't look for it. Create it because love is everywhere, you guys. I promise. Right now, let me introduce you my guest. Because this is the summer of love, right? This is the summer of love. So Michael Herkus, he is the glam witch. He is, he's got other great books like Witchcraft for Daily Self-Care, which is the best thing you have to love is starting out with yourself. And then we have Love Spells for the Modern Witch, his brand new book. It's really great. I've been going through it. 
um, love of every kind. So let me introduce you to Michael Herkus. Michael, thank you so much for coming on. Oh my gosh, Patty, thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here with you tonight. You are beautiful. I love your new book. And love, what does everybody want more than anything in the world? Love. Who do all our clients come and want to ask about? Love. Love. Exactly. So, so, so tell, again, I love that you're the glam witch. I love that because the world needs a little more glamour. Always. Yes, um, always. <laughs> always. And you are. Anybody, those of you who are just audio, he's very glamorous. He's very beautiful. He's very colorful. Thank um, you. And so tell us a little bit about your new book. Okay, so my brand new book right here, Love Spells for the Modern Witch. Um, it's actually one of three books that is coming out this year. Uh, last year when COVID hit, I got pretty busy um, writing away. And uh, the first book that I had pitched at the time was Witchcraft for Daily Self-Care, which recently just came out. Um, and I also really wanted to do a love spell book. I have always, of course, been into love spells. I know it's one of the the major things that draws people into witchcraft initially. Um, and the book actually kind of came about uh, after a podcast interview I did last year with Lucy Cavendish, uh, mm -hmm. who had me on to talk about my favorite movie, The Love Witch. Um, and just, uh, and in it too, um, you know, I, I've always been really, really deeply connected to Fiona Horn, uh, who I know is a friend of the show and you just interviewed as well. And yep. uh, my very, very first spell that I ever cast was a love spell. Uh, and it came from one of her books, uh, Witchcraft, uh, sorry, Witch, A Magical Journey. And then later on in life, I got to finally meet her with her book, Bewitch a Man. And uh, she did bewitch a man, she bewitched me. Uh, and she turned me into the fabulous glam witch that I'm here today. So I actually dedicate the book to her. Um, and I really wanted to put together something that was very, very modern with love spells that really talks about, um, of course, the ethics to it, but does it in a little bit of a different way with a more modern twist. Uh, you know, we kind of see the same things kind of always coming up with just a regular come to me love spell or how to cut cords. But um, in, in the last couple of years, gender has changed a lot. Sex has changed a lot, uh, as well as even our, our, fascination with hexing. Not, I wouldn't say fascination, that's kind of a, a bad word, but um, looking at hexing from more of a moral standpoint rather than having it be something that's so super, super negative. And when, of course, it comes to matters of the heart, sometimes we have to do things to serve a cosmic witch slap uh, to someone <laughs> who, really, really, uh, who has really hurt us. Um, so, uh, yeah, the, the book itself it, uh, is divided into a couple of different sections talking about love. Um, of course, in the beginning, it, it really digs into what love is, the different types of love that we have in the world, whether that's more of a friendly love or a familiar love with our, our family members or, of course, sexual love. And, um, and then mania, too, the crazy love, um, which is never good. Uh, <laughs> and then it gets into a little bit of, of course, the ethics of love spells and, um, you know, not course uh casting spells directly on someone it's better to of course bring them into you and and be a magnet of attraction uh and then i have a huge section on um cosmic compatibility and looking at things from uh at least from our an astrological standpoint not so much as like your sun sign um we know it's the back of cosmopolitan and all the magazines and everything online it's always oh am i compatible with this gemini am i compatible with this pisces uh but it it we are more than the sum of our parts when it comes to astrology. Uh, so I wanted to put something together that talked about the different uh, houses and, and the different signs that we have and how you can really truly find compatibility, uh, whether that be 
through relationships that you are in, in a platonic level, um, a romantic level, or even working, you know, our coworkers. Mm -hmm. And then we get into a couple of different categories of spells from uh, instilling self-love within ourselves, uh, from healing from love, um, of course, protecting ourselves and, and getting rid of that cosmic BS, uh, and then attracting new love, keeping your love alive, and then celebrating. It's a, it's a big book of love. It's a big book of love. I know. And I've been looking through it. I love that you really do go starting out with self-love because that is the one you got to have first to get yeah. all the other kind. Um, and how you go into then you go into healing the heart and then you go into the banishing the to uh, toxic loves and, mm -hmm. and you just kind of chronologically go looking for love, then keeping the spark alive and then celebrating it. That's yeah. it, that, how beautifully chronologically correct. So, yeah. uh, so, so you call yourself a love witch. Do, what does that mean? Or what do you, what does that mean for you? I, I call myself a glam witch. Oh, glam, uh, glam witch. What is a love witch? Cause I know you said there's somewhere in the book. Wow. Yes. So glam witch was kind of, it's a couple different things for me. So when I first started writing um, in witchcraft, I've been a practicing witch for 20 years at this point. Started off in my early, early teen, preteen years. Um, and I've been solitary this entire time. And it wasn't until 2017 that I kind of took myself out of my comfort zone. I went to like really my first big witch festival, Hexfest in New Orleans. And uh, it was there that I saw so many like different people doing different things. And I was, I just felt as though I had so much that I could offer and teach to the world. And it was ready. I was ready to step into the world of being the teacher um, and kind of do the full circle moment. And uh, in doing so and trying to figure out, you know, what I would present and what I could bring to the, the universe and, and help heal people and help, help give them something. It was an element of glamor, um, fun, fantasy, escapism. Um, and, and just, physical representation because glamour in itself it, it originated as the witch's first spell um that was its definition back uh and i believe it was um in the the mid 1700s that that first came about and it wasn't until the the late 1930s early 1940s that it got linked to hollywood culture celebrity makeup beauty all of these different things so i always felt that glamour was an innate ability that a witch has not necessarily to creates an illusion with an I-L, but more of an illusion with an A-L-L, um, where we, we, we take something that is referenced in the world and we, we channel it through ourselves and we push that out into the world for, the, for everybody to see. And a lot of times that can be your best qualities. That's how it works out the really, really like the best. Uh, when you have a deep self-love for your, yourself, and that's where the love really ties into glamour. And you love yourself and you project that outward for the world to see and you become more of a magnet to attracting great things into your life by having that self-love and using glamour as a tool for it. So I was like, okay, I'm going to call myself the glam witch because I've always been glamorous. Everyone's always been like, oh my gosh, Michael, you're so glam. And right after high school, I started working at the famous Glamour Shots portrait studio, helping people pose and get all glamorous and everything. So I felt it was an appropriate title. And then when I started to write my first book, which was deeply saturated in my practice uh, surrounding the goddess Lilith, who's of course this enchantress, um, who's very deeply tied to sensuality. Um, I was trying to figure out an acronym because I love acronyms. Uh, in my day job, I work for uh, a legal company and uh, do research on new clients that are coming in. So um, I'm very familiar with acronyms. And at first I was like, glam, it could be goddess Lilith and Michael. 
but I felt like that was a little too narcissistic. So uh, <laughs> I like it though. Words and having fun. I love like massaging words around. And the great Lilithian arcane mysteries is what shot into my head. Um, and so that's to me, yes, a glam witch on the surface being very linked to attraction, beauty, fashion, all of those things. But also, it's deeply connected to my relationship with Lilith. Um, and that's actually the subtitle of my first book, The Glam Witch. A Magical Manifesto of Empowerment with the Great Lilithian Arcane Mysteries. Uh, so, but I, I do love the movie, The Love Witch, which is just an insane, crazy movie um, that features this uh, witch who is also kind of a serial killer and goes on this <laughs> rampage of killing her lovers. Um, but it's just so, it's, it's a fun, colorful, glamorous movie. Um, and, and, and yeah. I'm here putting that out into the universe, the self-love, glamour, all of it. And we need that right now more than ever as we're coming out of this crazy pandemic where most people haven't oh. gotten out of their sweats in almost a year and a half. I and they've know. been hiding away. And at most they're on Zoom somewhere where you don't really have to get that energetics. Exactly. I, I, people are, I, I've seen people are getting a little, I'm afraid to go outside. I'm afraid to, to show ourselves again. So... What a perfect time for your book to come out. Thank you. And it's funny, too, because I, I I ended up writing it right after a big breakup of a lot, like a long term breakup. And then this this book kind of came out of me. And I am very happy that the breakup happened. It was definitely necessary, toxic relationship. But at the same time, I don't feel like I could share the message of love and what true like how to love yourself how to find the right person, all of that, if it didn't experience that right then and there, along with the COVID situation and being locked away and taking that time out for myself. That's always a, a very necessary part of, of love magic. And I do want to emphasize too, that the, the new book on love magic, it's really, it's whether you're in a relationship, looking for it, looking for something within yourself, there is a lot of, there's a little bit for everybody. Um, one of the, the best spells that I have in there, one of my favorite ones is just a single life celebration. Um, because I, I'm really big with, within witchcraft, uh, celebrating myself, um, self-love, self-care, uh, self-appreciation. Um, I think that that's really, really necessary because that helps us gain a, an aspect of confidence yep. rather than cockiness. Um, when we learn to be self-sufficient and really enjoy being with ourselves, uh, I think that's where you really start to emanate that self-love, that self-care. And um, even looking into, into the self-care route, especially coming after, uh, you know, this pandemic and, and all of the trials and tribulations that that have, has brought to everybody. Self-love, self-care is really needed right now. Um, so I'm really happy that these books are coming out kind of back to back. Um, yeah. It's They're perfect. Needed. And yes, it is needed. And sadly, our our society has made it so weird. Like self-care is not a good thing and self-love. Oh, that's no. I mean, that has to be first. We have to be first because mm -hmm. who else is, are we going to take care of? I mean, if I we know. don't take care of us, who, how do we expect somebody else to love us if we don't love us? And exactly. Which is great about our witchy type that we do go there where a lot of other belief systems or religions are like, no, 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 you know. That's mm. very true. There is, I do feel as though a lot of times, and I, and I would say definitely in culture, a lot pre-COVID, I think it might be changing a little bit now, but I think at some point the scale of self-love 
like went a little too far and people yeah. got to love themselves so much that they really just started pushing people away or being so comfortable with themselves or being afraid to fall in love or, or be with somebody um, because of that natural fear. So I do talk in the book, there's this quote from this um, famous uh, psychiatrist, Elizabeth Cooper Ross, who talks about um, how love and fear are, they can't operate at the same time. They're, they're, op they, they're opposite. And you, when you are in a place of love, you can't know fear. And when you're in a place of fear, you can't know love. And I thought that that was a very interesting um, idea. And I started to think about just that in, in response to witchcraft as well. Fear with is being a witch. Fear is in love or any of these different things. And I feel like when we're coming from a place of fear, number one, we're definitely not honoring our self-love and our appreciation of, of what's going on. Of course, fear is going to find its way to, to come up in our lives. And, and in some ways, it's really, really good because it teaches us, you know, to set boundaries and, and do those types of things. But I think sometimes it does kind of cripple us and, and hinder us from moving forward. Um, and I feel as though when we're looking at witchcraft as a, a self-empowerment stance as well, if you're afraid of something or if you're afraid of the troubling times or the, the darker aspects, the shadow self, all of these different things, then there's not a, a level for you to grow. And I think the same comes from a place of love. So that's one of the messages that I really try to get across in the book as well. No, that's beautiful. And yeah, fear can make you freeze in your tracks. Catatonic. Fear can make you do nothing, not make that phone call, not leave your house, not take off those sweats, not get there. Exactly. You know, I, what, what I always say is like, or you could look at fear like it's a million dollar industry. We pay money to go watch scary movies and to ride roller coasters and that same, oh my gosh, I'm so scared. If we could flip that over and, to, and change our perception of fear, like I'm fear to be my real self. It would be so great. Yes. Perception is everything. And you know, that's a good point too, because, and I've talked about it a lot recently. I, I've been asked a lot actually recently, you know, how did you become so comfortable in yourself wearing the, the clothes that you do and, and being extravagant, wearing the makeup, the heels, all of the different things. And that wasn't always me. You know, in my whole 20s, I was living another life trying to pretend to be somebody else because I was afraid to be the real me. And I was afraid to, to show that. And, um, it really, I got out of my own way. A lot of times we're our own obstacle. And I just, I felt as though, you know, I see other people doing it. I'm going to try it. And I'm just going to put myself out there and we're going to see what happens. And yes, it's scary. And I am a, a little bit afraid of it and how it might go. But the only way out is through. That can be sometimes kind of cliche, but sometimes you just have to force yourself. Yeah. Like the fool, the fool in the tarot card. Yep. You know, it's, it's that first one with the person standing on the mountain, getting ready to jump off. Catch me, universe, I'm ready. You know, like if I can't take that leap, I'm never going to know what could happen, where I might land. Yep. And so that's been something that's stuck in my mind for a long time, too. That's one of my favorite cards. It is. Just dive in. You got, you got, you just go. Got it. You've got to. Um, oh, that is beautiful. So, so, uh, so all my my beautiful listeners are out there who are really great and really loyal about things, and they're all probably going, "Well, I want love. I need love. I need love." I because, as you know, as a reader, that's what we get more than anything. So, what is your first yeah. tips for people? What you know that that your book talks about about? Okay, you're ready for love. You're okay. So, one of the first tips is. Definitely like be realistic on what it is that you want, um, because a lot of times we might say that we're ready for love and we want something in our lives, but we're also maybe not really ready like for it yet. Or we're looking at trying to be with some person that um, 
like we really, really want rather than attracting the right person into our lives. So I always say in the beginning, start really focusing on like examining your needs. And, and also, of course, you know, why is it that you want this love? Is it because you want companionship? Is it, is it more from like a codependent place? Are you ready to share and have experiences with somebody? Because that will kind of teach you, tell you where you need to go in your love magic quest. Do you need to focus on the self-love so that you can become confident in yourself where you don't need someone, but it would be nice to share something with someone. Um, so I definitely always say to start there. But then I also say the real magic starts when we start being practical, right? Like if we want to, win the lottery we have to play it so if you're <laughs> wanting to to find love you have to put yourself out there in the real world you can say that you want it and do all of the spells in the world but if you're just sitting on your couch and you're not leaving the house and you're watching netflix and that's it you're not going to find love it's just not going to happen so you have to download the apps you have to put yourself into the places in the real world where you can find the the right person once you've done the spell um, or before you even do the, or I'm sorry, after you do the spell, you have to act practically. I make an analogy and I'll probably mess it up right now because I haven't, I, it's been a second since I've said it, but I'm like, if you want to see the dolphins, you have to go to where the dolf dolphins are, right? Not every single body of water can have a dolphin in it, right? I'm, right. I'm interested right off of Lake Michigan. I know I'm not going to find certain fish there. And we always talk about there's plenty of fish in the sea, but you have to go to the right sea to find the fish that you're looking for. So make sure you're putting yourself in the right surroundings. Right. Um, and then, of course, a little bit of it is knowing your witchcraft and knowing the 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 right herbs to use, the right colors, the correspondence, all of the, those types of things. Because one thing I see a lot, especially on Instagram and TikTok and everything now, it's its very much, you know, oh, we don't necessarily need the ingredients. We can just use our intuition. And my intuition is telling me to use this instead. But, you know, if anyone's ever cooked anything in, in the real world, we know that sugar <laughs> and salt look very, very similar. But if you're making a cake and you use salt instead of sugar, number one, yuck. But number two, you're going to get a completely different result. So you have to know what you can substitute with and what you can do without and things like that. Um, I, I was just chatting with someone recently and they were like, oh, my gut told me that I needed to use this black candle to summon love into my life. And I'm like, OK, I mean, you can do that. You can use a black candle to cut the obstacles out of your life or relieve, release the fear and everything to welcome that new stuff in. But trying to attract something with the black candle, it's going to do the opposite. You're going to, it's not, it's going to prevent it from coming to you. So be mindful of those types of things. And of course, use what you have. But again, if, if all you have is a black candle and you want love to come into your life, then try to do a surrendering of some kind try to remove that any obstacles that are in your way so that you can find it. Um, so being mindful of that is definitely another really good place to start. Know the, know the tools and the correspondences and the ingredients that you can use for your magic. That's great. Oh, I love the salt and sugar in a cake thing. That is brilliant. They look just the same, but nope, whole different. No, nope. but see, at the same time, like stevia, you can use that because it's, you know, that's another sweetening type. And there's so many different herbs and resins and, crystals and all the stuff out there. Um, and of course, all of them have different correspondences. So just make sure that they're, they're the right kind of correspondences that you're trying to use. And I, I talk about that and use a lot of suggestions and, and try to give a lot of different types of herbs and what they all kind of do in the facets that they can bring into your, your love life as well in the book. Oh, that's great. So if you had, say, 
three ingredients you said, of course, other than yourself, because you're your best ingredient for your well, yes, what, your you magic are. that you're doing. Um, what would your top three ingredients for, say, a spell working or love? For love? Um, ooh, okay, that's a really fantastic question. I know, I just thought of it. <laughs> okay, so I would say that my three ingredients that I would use would be... Um, first and foremost, my outfit, my clothing, uh, using the glamour magic aspect into it. So I would incorporate a lot more pinks or reds into my wardrobe if I was trying to find love. And that doesn't have to be a head to toe red outfit. I know that's, that's crazy. People are like, I'm not wearing red and pink all day. That's nuts. But even if you're into somebody, like if you just wear a lot of blacks or something along those lines, switch it up with maybe like a pink lipstick or pink eyeshadow or your nail color or a belt or some kind of an accessory that incorporates that color into your life. Because as you wear it, you walk through your day to day, you're attracting it by using that color magic and symbolism. So that's number one. Number two would definitely be a crystal in some kind of form of jewelry. Of course, I love jewelry. And my favorite crystal of all time is rhodochrosite, um, which a lot of people think looks like bacon, because um, sometimes it does. Uh, so that would be, um, and it is, one uh, piece of jewelry that I would definitely keep on me. And then um, I would probably also say a candle, because I'm really big into candle magic, and uh, I'm a fire sign, so I love that fire energy in any type of spell that I'm doing. Um, and utilize the, the power of the flame. Uh, first carve into the candle. I don't know if that would count, because I'd need something to carve it with. But I guess I could use my... You can I count use it. my fingernail and put some spit on it. We're good to go. Um, but the, yeah, that was, those would be my three. Outfit, crystal, candle. I love that. I would not even have thought of going to outfit. And that is so perfect. That yeah. is so perfect. <laughs> now, you were talking about hexing. So I that's really interesting because that's so that's a controversial thing. So what is your idea of hexing and right hexing and not right hexing? And why would you hex? So my, okay, first of all, like, Hexing to me, of course, like there's ethical ways to it. And my standpoint is, is I mean, if you're just walking down the street and you don't like somebody because of what they're wearing or something along those lines, you want to hex them. That's definitely a red flag. We don't want to do that. But spellcraft and magic, I feel like if once we've done everything in the real world to try to get what we want, we can resort to the magic and the power within us and the universe to, to cause closure to create closure within ourselves and to help heal us so that we can move forward. That's ultimately what the closure is. So when we, we come to love spells, any kind of love spell is then going to probably be kind of counter anchored with a hexing or a healing or some kind of uh, energetic emancipation of, you know, the former lover that you had. And to me, hexing would be just the cosmic, as I said before, the cosmic witch slap needed to, to help you move forward in your life, but then also serve the karma to the individual that, you know, did you wrong. Um, and also prevent them from doing wrong for other people as well. Now, a lot of times that's a binding, kind of binding them from what's, what's going on. But I mean, we've all felt heartbreak. We've all been hurt by somebody. And I know we've all had the feeling of, you, you know, screw it. Like, <laughs> screw this person. They need to feel the pain that I'm feeling. And if, again, you've done everything and this is someone who's um, gaslighted you, hurt you, physically abused you, emotionally abused you, they've done all of these negative things to you already. I don't feel like there's anything wrong with us as witches being the karmic slap 
that goes then after them and serves it to them afterwards. Um, and that's my ethical take on hexing. I think I view it as just a spellcraft that helps um, helps justify an adversarial source, helps bring justice to an adver- adversarial source. Okay, that's good. I, I like the term witch slap. <laughs> yes, good old witch slap. Good old witch slap. Ah. And I do like going back to the back to the beginning of the book that you really did list the types of love. People don't think of it. They go, just it's love. You go from the agape love to the lust, to all the different kinds of love. All of the different ones. Yeah. And, and I, you know, I have to say, because at first when I started writing it, I mean, that was definitely, there was a lot of research that went into that because I was like, no, I know that there's types of love. And, and I also talked about, you know, the, the chemistry of love, like the, the dopamine in our brains and why does it function the way that it does? And the, the, the physical touch that we feel like our first love that we ever feel is our, our parent love, our, our mother. Um, but yeah, it was, it was like, there's so many different types of love. I mean, my, the love that I have with my best friend is so much different than the love I have with a coworker. Or, you know, even in my 20s when I was dating, I, was, I always thought to myself, when I'm around a boyfriend that I'm dating, I act a little differently than I do with this person over here and a little differently than this person here. And I hold other people's higher, like, scales of, of you know, um, why can't I think of the word? Uh, not justification. Um, hold people to different levels of, of, um, you know what I'm trying to say. Yeah. Uh, and I, I started thinking about like, what is the real reason for that? And it is because love has many multi, it's a multifaceted thing. <laughs> it's a multifaceted emotion and the love that we share, even for, you know, the love that I had with my ex, it was different than the one that I had before the, that ex that came before him will be different than the next person that comes into my life. And I think it's interesting to, when you start looking at it from a more broad standpoint, I think it really changes and shifts your idea of what love is. And it doesn't make it such a hallmarky superficial, you know what I mean? Like the, this, just this, this thing that I think has been pushed away because I've, I've done some research to, for a long time, I've always thought it was interesting reading in the paper on the way to work and stuff, just how many more people in the younger generations are doing without relationships and they're focusing more on themselves and the, how the idea of relationships are changing, the idea of marriages are changing and not as many are people are, are going down that road anymore. And what are some of the reasons for that? And I, at first I was like, oh my gosh, you know, like, why, like, I don't want that to happen. I don't want like love to go away. Is love going away? So researching all the different types of love was really, it was, it was healing for me too, being someone just going through a breakup to kind of see that love. No, love is always going to be around. It's just different. Just different. different. Yeah. Yeah. And the new generation is different. Their kids are pretty amazing. I, I, I work with a lot of them. They think different. They are different, different importances, but I, I'm pretty in love with them. I think it's great. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. There's so much more independence these days, which I love. Yeah. Uh, As an independent person, it's so lovely to, one of my favorite things to do, whether I'm single or not single. I always love to have at least one night a week where I take myself out. It's like self date date night. I'll treat myself to dinner, um, enjoy a nice martini or so, watch my favorite crazy television that nobody likes and it's my guilty pleasures. Um, <clears throat> it's just, and that's one. Of, that's like a part of self care. That's also a part of self love, and it's just a necessity of, I think, think again, finding that independence and that courage within. Um, to then help, again, you blossom more. 
um, into your own unique individual being. Right. And I think the happier you are with yourself, we have to feed ourselves. That's when you're going to attract the right love. Not when you're needing, you're needing all this stuff. People don't get it. They, like, I'll be happy when I find love. No, get happy and you'll find love. Yes, I agree with that I, I wholeheartedly. Because, like, I, yeah, when, when we feel like we need love, it's kind of like, and this is a strong word, but it's kind of like we're the predator. We're on the hunt. We're looking for something. It's like resources are scarce. I need it. I'm done. like, but then if we just can kind of work on ourselves and be us, then we are like this glowing. We're like a flower, and we attract yeah. the bees to us. And and that's a really lovely way to look at it. Yeah. And then the people are like, aren't going to see this needy, wanty, I'm not satisfied yet person. They're going to see that I'm happy and I'm great and I don't need you, but I want you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but I exactly. want you. So mm-hmm. I, I love that you have a chapter for all, 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 all of our, um, all of our viewers and listeners who are in a relationship. What's some of your tips for keeping the spark alive? Mm, so some of those ones, um, I, I split up, um, a lot between the kind of more emotional spells and then some sexual ones to keep the spark alive. Uh, and some of the main ones are learning to compromise. So doing compromising spells, um, also blessing your love, doing just overall blessings and kind of charging you know we we charge our crystals we charge our herbs we charge everything charge your relationship um because that's really really good and powerful too um but i also there was one in there that uh and i forget the the exact title of it but it's one where you you kind of uh you you open up the lines of communications for you to express how you feel it's a communication spell um because a lot of times i've noticed even in just my long-term relationships you know i'm very communicative in the beginning but then we kind of get in this rut and we don't say things because we want to avoid a fight i'm not going to share what's made me like upset or you know what a turn on of mine is that i need because i just crave something else i want to spice things up a little bit so i thought that was an interesting spell to incorporate in in that section as well um there's another one i it might have been put it i think it was originally put in that section but it it may have been put into the healing section either way it works with both and it came from seeing watching the movie bell book and candle the whole the whole lovely um bewitching film with Kim Novak, uh, where she's looking for, she wasn't looking for love, love happened. And um, there was always this kind of like saying in it where when a witch finds love, she'll lose her power. And I thought about, you know, how can we as witches preserve our power in a relationship? Because sometimes that relationship takes a lot out of us. You know, what ways can we can we hold on to our power? So that one's a simple spell of enchanting a Herkimer diamond, which is known to have uh, crystal memory. So when you're single or when you're going into that, um, or not even single, but when you're doing that spell and you're thinking and focusing on all the unique, powerful things that are you, you know, enchant and infuse your memories and, and who you are into that crystal and carry it, have it next to you whenever you can, put in a locket, uh, bag on your altar, any of those types of things to always be a kind of reminder of, of who you are so you don't lose your power the love relationship that you're in. I um, love that. And I love to use Herkimer diamonds. That's yes. I have to because Herc, you know, I'm Herkis and they're Herkimer. So I, I always joke about that. They're they're my they're my diamonds. <laughs> I, I, <laughs> oh my gosh. But, uh, that... And I have spells in there too for like sex magic between couples. Um a lot of I mean sex magic has really blown up, at least in pop culture right now. A lot mm-hmm. of people are talking about it, especially from a solo sex magic point of view, mm-hmm. which I always think is 
probably the better way to go about doing things anyway because lovers can be distracting. Um, there's ethical concerns, a lot of different things like that. Uh, and one really interesting spell that I thought was super modern and really fantastic to put in there was a thruple spell where two couple or a couple might decide that they're opening up their relationship, not necessarily for just a, a sexy three-way situation, though the spell can be modified for that, but this is more for introducing a new partner into their relationship where they are, where we becomes three. Uh, and that can also then be used for a single person trying to enter into uh, a relationship as well. But I have multiple friends of mine who have entered into throuple relationships. And um, I love that people are talking about that more. And I've never seen that in any kind of a spell book. Uh, so I worked hard to put something together that would work. Uh, and one of my favorite ones in the book. That is good. And I know so many people, poly or whatever they want to call it, throuples, especially within our community, within the pagan community, within the community. I know so many and even full families, you know, they're the, 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 the three point two kids, two husbands and a wife or two wives and a husband. And yay, let's go. Um, but, you know, I have never seen it, especially into like into spell working and stuff, because there's uh, uh, again, there's certain issues that go along with that, too, that you have that have yes. to be dealt with because mm -hmm. just the number of Absolutely. three compared to the number of two. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You had a whole there's levels of jealousy. I got I have spells for jealousy. Another one of my spells, I call it the X-Files, um, uh -huh. which is because we're all jealous. I think we're all we can be jealous of when we have a new partner and they are opening up the x-file where you know what happened and so i put together this spell uh that was um one that was i actually used in a previous relationship because i was very jealous of an ex and um or my partner's ex and i just wanted to, to put something out there for everybody to kind of release that so that we could give our partner actual chance and not be so focused on what they they used to have um, and, you know, likewise, you know, so that it gives you a chance to actually get to know each other and release that extra layer of jealousy uh, spell. Oh, that's lovely. That is, you guys have to get this book, whether in a couple, not in a couple, in a thruple, not in a thruple. Exactly. Happily single. <laughs> yeah, because we have self-love celebration. We have, uh, the book ends with one of my favorites, which is really fun. I've done it before with a group of friends. It's a love spell soiree. So invite your best witchy friend, or not even witchy friends over, anybody that's just open-minded and wants to do something fun. Um, you invite people over. Uh, everyone kind of writes a petition. You each give each other roses. Um, there's a special cake that I uh, really love making that I included in that celebration section too, which is a rose cardamom cake, which is just so lovely and full of love uh, to have with everybody. And... Um, Oh, there's another lovely potion in there too, because I love making like edible potions and stuff. Call it a lust teeny. Ooh. And that one infuses fireball, so cinnamon, with uh Damiana liqueur, which you can get anywhere. It has a, this beautiful bottle of an uh, earth fertility goddess and uh, has a very earthy flavor to it that pairs really, really well with cinnamon. Uh, a little bit of strawberry puree to sweeten it up a little bit and uh, some little lemon juice to cut it down. And uh, if you really are interested in, in like really sweetening it up, you can do a, a cinnamon sugar rim on it and enjoy that with your new love, your new flame and have a lovely lusty night. 
I love it. So you're a kitchen witch too, or a bar witch or both. Yeah, I'm a kitchen witch, a glam witch, a city witch, and sometimes a bitch. (laughs) (laughs) It all works. Oh my gosh, you are fabulous. So tell us again for my people who are new to you, because I have a lot of new people just entering the craft, just learning, just curious. What's some of your other books? Okay, so I have my first book, The Glam Witch, right here, which really is, it's, Probably the most advanced book that I have out there, but a lot of new people got it. So I I really tried to break down some of the basic things like casting circle, what psychic development is, things like that. So it goes through my journey of how I became the Glam Witch and uh, working with the goddess Lilith, who if you've ever heard of her, most people know her as Adam's first wife who left Eden uh, for a free life on the coast because he (laughs) was being dominating um and wanted her to sleep underneath him during sexual situations so she left that for a free life and then she got considered became a demon all these horrible horrific things but she's got a very rich uh history uh which has never really been super well documented in any occult capacity so i wrote the book that i always wanted that i i had a hard time finding growing up so a lot of research over the years has gone into it connecting with her her myths her archetypes but then also the different magics that i associate with her such as psychic development and how you really can work on psychic development i also talk about the shadow self with astrology and lilith has signs within astrology and how you can connect to those uh glamour magic i have a chapter on that whole chapter on sex magic and then protection and ethical hexing so that's the first one and uh, then I also wrote the complete book of moon spells that came out last year and um, it's a colorful lovely book that goes through the eight phases of the moon um, and has just a bunch of different moon spells that I've had in my collection my own personal book of shadows for a while and um, then we have Witchcraft for Daily Self-Care, which came out on June 1st, and it's been, I'm just so shocked and kind of honored that it's been the number one best-selling book on witchcraft since it's come out, so that's lovely. And um, this one was really needed. I actually started writing another book that I haven't finished because I had to put it on hold because COVID happened, and I was like, I need to... I want to inspire people in a way, but also I need some inspiration right now. So how can I do that? So I started working on daily self-care practices, little witch bits during the day. Uh, And that turned into a a template for 90 days of self-care witchcraft, uh, split in the course of mind, body, spirit, our environment, relationships, and then overall personal success. So this is a really, really good book for new beginners, especially. I've heard too, because the spells are very simple, but they can definitely be modified for advanced practitioners. Um, Very easy to follow, explains how witchcraft is connected to nature and how both witchcraft and nature lead to self-care. Um, so I really love this book. It's beautiful too. It's got really lovely art inside of it. And, uh, then we have the new book, which we've been chatting about, uh, love spells for the modern witch. And I got another one coming out this year, but I can't talk. Okay. Oh, we can't wait. Well, you'll just have to come back and talk about it when you can. Will will. you do I that? Yes, I will. I, what I will, I can say is it's specifically designed for beginners. The new one is a something, something for beginners spell. Good, because there is so many new people. Again, when we go through rough times, as we know, people look for something outside themselves. Old times, they would go to t- traditional religions or whatever, and that's maybe not holding up for a lot of people. So exactly. there is a lot of new people, seekers, and who are looking alternative and looking into the craft. So. And you know what, Patty? I'm sure you've heard, too, because I've, I've heard, you know, 
in in my years of being a witch and publicly out there with different people and having friends across the board and in, in advancement levels is that a lot of times I think older like more intermediate practitioners are like, why aren't there more advanced books on witchcraft? Why are there so many beginner books on witchcraft? And one of my thoughts is everyone has a different style of learning and everyone has a different voice. And there might be a lot of beginner books on witchcraft, but that doesn't mean that it's going to resonate with me or you or somebody else. Same with even me coming into the witchcraft. I probably had maybe six to 10 books on witchcraft before I finally got Fiona's and connected to it for the first time and said, oh my gosh, no, this makes sense. I get it. And this is what I'm doing. So I think it's really, really important that we have a lot of beginner books. And even as an advanced, um, advanced witch, you know, I love going back to the beginner books of other people and seeing how they do things because it helps me reinvent uh, things that I've done. I do too. I, I I spent more time unwriting my book than writing it to make it super simple. Just like there's too many words. I, and 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 by the time maybe you get advanced, you you can need less books because you know how to do it and create yourself by then. Exactly. Beginners, you need guidance. You need that 101 lesson, 201 lesson, 301. And then you get there, then maybe you, that's when you should just write your own damn book. <laughs> exactly. exactly. Yes, that's what we're going to go for. Well, you are delightful, and I, I would just love for you to come back because I have 8,000 more questions. So will you come back another time? Oh, my God, I would love to. Yes, okay. anytime you want, Patty, anytime. Okay, all right, it's a deal. So tell everybody, um, I have beautiful, loyal friends and fans and listeners, where can people find you? Where can people find your books? Where can me if you... I always say the best place is just to go to my website, www.theglamwitch.com. It will connect to all of my social media pages. I'm most active on Instagram. I connect more with people on Instagram. So that's my preferred social media outlet. Um, and then of course the website links to all of my books. They're available anywhere books are sold. So uh, from Amazon to Walmart to Target to everywhere, they're everywhere. Yes, and congratulations on bestseller this whole over a month in from the thank time you, you looked it. Thank you, thank, and, it, and thank you to everyone who's who's loving what I'm writing. Um, it's it's an honor. It's coming through me, and I'm giving it to you. So, as long yeah. as it's being helpful and people are enjoying it, I'm planning to stick around. Thank you. Well, we're keeping you. So Michael Herkus, everybody, The Glam Witch. Theglamwitch.com. Check him out. Check out his books, the new love book, self-care book, all things we need post-pandemic. <laughs> Let's get yes. out of those sweats. Let's find love. Let's refresh the love we have. Let's just love ourselves. So thank you for visiting. Wow. And songs. Thank you for visiting The Witching Hour. <laughs>